The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's time for your weekly trip around the bases with your hometown team. It's Inside Twins, where we dive into the minds of the guys in charge for insight, information, and analysis. Inside Twins is brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Here's your host of Inside Twins, Corey Provis. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Inside Twins, brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Inside Twins, also affectionately known as the Sunday Puff. Great to have you with us here from Toronto alongside Rob Anthony, our guest on the program. I'm Corey Provis. We thank you for tuning in. You can reach us in two ways, Inside Twins at TwinsBaseball.com or on Twitter, hashtag Inside Twins. Rob Anthony, Twins Assistant GM and Team Vice President joining us for our Sunday program. How are you? I'm doing well. Beautiful day here in Toronto. The roof is open yet again. We've had gorgeous weather this entire weekend and a big crowd expected for the rubber match of this three-game series as Kyle Gibson throws for the Twins and Joe Biagini back up from AAA will start today for Toronto. But, uh, Rob, your thoughts on the week, beginning with what uh, took place in Chicago to start this road trip? Well, we got off to a decent start. We had to make up that doubleheader, uh, split that game, but then we came back swinging the bats, felt pretty good about things, and then we let the last couple get a, get away from us, which was disappointing. But... Uh, as the trademark of this team has kind of been resiliency, they came back, played very well on Friday, and then yesterday uh, it was kind of a battle and back and forth, and we just came up short. And you're seeing some young players uh, kind of thrusted into this playoff race here right now. You know, guys you have probably seen over the years time and time again in the minor leagues, but now here they are either batting or defending or pitching in crucial situations. Yeah, and that can only help their development. I mean, these are guys that, we're counting on for not only this year but in the future, and they're getting valuable experience and in, in, uh, playing in meaningful games late in the season. John Curtis was added to the roster uh, this week. Tell us about John, and we've seen him twice in this series. He made his debut on Friday, worked the uh, ninth inning. Yesterday, a whole different scenario, kind of thrown in there in the eighth inning uh, in a one-run game, did not pitch all that well. But uh, your your assessment on John and what he will bring to this team the next uh, five weeks? Well, he brings velocity out of the bullpen, and he's got a, a slider that is an out pitch for him. So uh, he's kind of your typical two-pitch reliever. He's been closing in the minors, so he has that ability. But um, being used in setup is the way we'll use him for a while. And uh, I think he's going to help us the rest of the year, and we uh, I think he has a very bright future. Is he one of the power arms that, and this I, I probably goes back to the offseason of 2016, that you expected to be impactful when you thought about 2017 and beyond? Is, is John part of that group? He is part of that group, and, and a few of the other guys have been injured this year, which was, is disappointing, but, uh, you know, they, they're still in the plans, and, and they just need to recover, and, and hopefully guys like Nick Birdie and Tyler Jay, who's now back pitching, will be joining him and, and Hildenberger and Boosnitz and, and the guys that have come up and, and done a nice job for us. Speaking of power arms that we haven't seen this year, J.T. Shagwa, what's his injury? Um, he has an elbow injury. It's not a Tommy John situation, but he's had a hard time bouncing back from it. Um, he's had a couple setbacks, so I'm not sure he's going to pitch the rest of the season. Has he thrown at all this year? I just I haven't read his name too often. And uh, looking at box scores, has he pitched in, in, a, in a game or two? Or no, when he's gotten back, he pitched very early in the season. I think a couple games at Rochester, but since he's gone out, 
Um, every time he has rehabbed and, and started to make some progress, he's had some setbacks when he's begun throwing. Is he on the 60-day DL? Uh, no, he was optioned to Rochester, so he's on the DL at Rochester. He's on the DL there, yeah. but he's, he's still on the 40-man roster right yes. now. Okay. Yes. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll dive into that part of the conversation about roster expansion and where the Twins are at and the wrinkle with the fact that the Twins minor league affiliates would all be in the postseason if things ended right now. So we'll talk about that and more. We'll dive into some injury updates on Miguel Sano, Alberto Mejia, Hector Santiago, Dietrich Enz, and more as Inside Twins rolls on live from Toronto on your home for Twins baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Corey Provis alongside Twins Assistant GM and Team Vice President Rob Antony as we are getting set for the third and final game of this weekend series, Twins and the Blue Jays, Gibson and Biagini. Rob, let's uh, kind of pick up where we left off before the commercial break. We're just a few days away from roster expansion. In the past, you, you kind of go through some possibilities, guys, that, that could join your team, but the added wrinkle is with Rochester, uh, they, they they have a great chance to be in the postseason. Chattanooga's already going to be in. So how does that kind of factor into your, your decisions here with how it could impact your minor league teams? Well, if we were not in the mix for a playoff spot this year, uh, then you kind of are more patient, let guys go through the playoffs and and try and win a championship and, and uh, get that experience. But when we're fighting for a wild card spot, we'll go get the players that we need to supplement the big league club uh, right after the 1st of September. Um, Rochester understands that. Chattanooga knows there could be an impact. But uh, at the same time, you don't want to bring players up who aren't going to play and they're just coming up to come up. So um, we, we'd love to have both those clubs as well as our other clubs Right now, every club is in position to make the playoffs in our minor league system. So we'd like to see all of them have success, and it's a, a good opportunity for players to play in in, uh, in meaningful games for them. And But we will go get what we need to do uh, to help our club. Does, does a guy like Felix Jorge project to join this team sooner rather than later as opposed to Steven Gonsalves just because while they're both at AAA, Felix is on the, the 40-man and Steven isn't? Yeah, that the if you're on the 40 man, it, it obviously has an impact because we had to make room, uh, and we lost uh, Tim Melville to the Padres on waivers, and you know he's a guy we would have liked to have gotten through waivers and, and kept in the organization and gone down to Rochester. But um, you get to the point now where there's not many, if any, guys on our 40 man roster that we really want to expose to waivers. But uh, if there's somebody that we need to select the contract and we believe that that's going to help us, then we'll make the moves necessary. 40-man, is that is that 39 or is it is it full? It's full. It's full right now. And and position players, too, That, that that's another challenge, isn't it? The, thinking about guys who are already on the 40-man, guys that you maybe would like to add, but right now no vacancies. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's the thing, too, is we're going to have some guys that we'll talk about in a little bit that are, are getting close to coming back. And... That might be some of the ads that we have where um, guys like Mejia and Santiago and Sano and Castro and all those guys uh, hopefully are, are ready and healthy early in September, you know, the first week, and, and they can be just activated at that point, and they might be what would be the equivalent of September call-ups. Do you see adding anyone from AA? 
Um, not at this point, I don't think so. So all the additions will come directly from Rochester to start with and then see how the month plays out? Right, and then some guys from AA might bounce up to AAA to, to fill those voids. Could any of the injured players, and this is kind of a good segue into, their, to, into our next subject, could they help some of the, say, Rochester, even Chattanooga, could they help them with their postseason run, guys, you know, big league players that are currently sidelined? Yeah, we can send players down, and they can uh, perform on rehab assignment for minor league clubs, even if it's in the playoffs. So um, there's a good chance that guys like Mejia and Santiago and ends uh, will go down maybe to uh, to to get down some work done and to, and to prepare to pitch up here. What about a guy like Robbie Grossman who's traveling with the team, but uh, he's swinging a little bit with his thumb. Would he be in play there? I think so. I think he's going to be out long enough that he may need to go get some at-bats just to kind of get the feel back and, and get back into the flow of things. Speaking of Hector and Mejia, they were at Target Field. They've been at Target Field uh, working with Lanning Tucker. They've been throwing some bullpens. They have dates ironed out when they'll throw and, and games they'll pitch in? Well, at this point right now, um, I know Mejia threw a 45-pitch bullpen uh, yesterday, and he's improving. Santiago, 45-pitch uh, bullpen as well. And I think both those guys are getting pretty close to being uh, sent out to go pitch in some live games. And when they do, it'll probably be three innings, 45-pitch type things. All right, so the, that, that's what's next for those two, is that they'll throw perhaps for Rochester this week? Uh, could be Rochester. A lot of it depends on the schedule okay. and the timing of things. Uh, where they go isn't really that important to us. It's more a matter of making sure that they're healthy letting them get out, compete a little bit, and, and ensure that they're healthy. Miguel Sedillo's 10 days would be up this week, this coming week, I believe Wednesday, right? Is he is he progressing in a manner that you could truly see him ready to, to be back the first day he's eligible? I think that's questionable. Uh, he's improving, but he still has some point tenderness on that lower leg. Um, he's doing a lot of non-weight-bearing exercises, some stuff in the pool. Um, and some core exercises, but uh, I don't think until he really gets out there and starts running around and, and doing some baseball activities are we going to get a, a true read on where he's at. So no baseball activities yet uh, yet for Sano. He's still in no. a walking boot? Um, I'm not. He's in a walking boot, Comes wears it when he's not working out and doing all those things, but, yeah, just as a to keep things in check, that's what, he's still wearing that. Jason Castro, he is also with the team. He's on the seven-day concussion DL. Speaking with him the last few days, he sounds like he's getting better and better each day. Could he be back the first day that he's eligible? I think that's possible. They started doing a little cardio work, and he handled that very well yesterday. And each day they're going to ramp it up a little more as long as there are no other symptoms reoccur. So um, I think the headaches are pretty well gone, and, and he had dizziness that first night. And I think that subsided, so I think he's... He's encouraged, we're encouraged, and so we'll uh, hopefully progress him back to uh, being uh, released to play again. And if it is just the seven days, it, it's such a short amount of time. He would need to go you know, catch a game in Rochester, would he? Or with the injury he sustained, would that be important? Uh, no, I think if he's out a week, I think he'd be fine. Uh, when he's ready to go, he should be able to jump back in. And one more uh, injury update. Dietrich Enns, what's uh, his status? Uh, he threw a 30-pitch uh, bullpen yesterday. He'll throw another 45-pitch one on Tuesday. And at that point, he's probably on that track as well where he could go out and get some game action.
All right, we'll take a break, come back, dive into more topics with Rob Antony next as Inside Twins continues, brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. We're live on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. Corey Probe is back with Rob Antony. We were chatting about something during the commercial break, and this was you know, pretty topical not long ago when the Twins were you know, playing, what, a couple of doubleheaders in about four or five days, and you know, the taxi squad came into play on the last homestand with the Twins added. You know, Nick Turley in between games, adoption now, Buddy Boshears. Can you clarify the taxi squad? What goes into it and what rules teams have to abide by so that they're in compliance with what Major League Baseball allows? Uh, the taxi squad, basically like when Castro got hurt the other night, we could have brought somebody in and had them that uh, available that day in case we wanted to activate them. If that player wasn't ready to go or if there's other situations where you're going to have a doubleheader and that player is going to be the 26th man they'll let you bring him in the day before kind of get settled in and and then uh, as long as that person is activated the next day you can do that if you do bring a player up and maybe this is something that is never public but you know because we don't know who maybe flies into town if you have to add a guy or not in between doubleheaders or if you're thin in your bullpen one particular day and that player comes up, we never see him at the ballpark, and he stays at the hotel, then flies back to his minor league team the next day. Does that player get a day of, of a big league service time? Does that is that a part of it? Does he get paid at least one day's pay or, or not? No, because he was never on a lineup card. He was never eligible to play in a game that day, so he does not. But uh, that happens, and I think that happens quite a bit around the league where uh, they'll bring somebody up in case you run in, your pitching's really thin, and if we need to, like we did with Turley uh, and both years between games where you activate them, uh, the guy pitched in the first game, and you're not going to have enough pitching to get through the second game, even though you might have brought somebody up as your 26th man. That, that guy's starting, and you're not sure how long he's going to go, and the bullpen's pretty thin, so... Um, Sometimes you have to be prepared for potential moves like that. Do you have to inform Major League Baseball that you are bringing player X, player Y up, and we may or may not use him? He's just going to be a taxi squad player for a day? If you announce that he's a taxi squad guy and he comes the day before, then you have to uh, put him on the taxi squad and notify MLB. If he just comes in that day and leaves that night, then that's not really a taxi squat situation. Okay, because that uh, came up, and uh, we were wondering about that with all the doubleheaders that the team has played this season. Getting back to the uh, current roster right now, Kenny Vargas is in the lineup today. He's DHing and batting seventh. Kenny's gone up and down all season long. Do you now have a pretty good grasp as to the kind of player that, that Kenny is, or, or is that still evolving? I think it's still evolving, and, and he, like a lot of other players on our club, will get hot, and you get very encouraged, and then sometimes he'll go into a slump and, and not do a whole lot. And I'm sure some of that has to do with the inconsistency of playing time, but um, it's kind of the chicken or the egg theory. You know, if you if you play well, you're going to be in the lineup, and you find a place for that guy, and if you're struggling a little bit, then you're not going to play, and it's harder to get out of that slump. If someone would pitch the argument to you that has Kenny really had a chance, has he really had a chance to be an everyday player, what would you say? I would say probably a couple years ago he had a really good chance, and then over the course of the last couple years um, he has not been an everyday player, but he's had several opportunities where we brought him up, and, and when he has performed he's been in the lineup, and 
And when he goes out of the lineup, it's when he's kind of started to slump and stop performing. Mitch Garver's uh, rise this season throughout the minor leagues and not just catching but playing some outfield, some first base. Does he now, does that impact Kenny on the depth chart as well? I'm not sure. I think more so for for Garver, we still see him as a catcher. And so down the road, you know, I could see he he and Castro and, you know, Jimenez may be back next year. We're we're in a good situation where we have some depth at catcher and Garver's versatility really helps him in that situation. Being able to play, he hasn't been in left field up here, but I saw him play two, three games in Rochester in left field, and he did a nice job. So the versatility to be able to play uh, the outfield, first base, and catch uh, definitely helps uh, provide some flexibility on their bench. All right, we'll take our last break, come back, and wrap up Inside Twins next on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins. Last few minutes here with Rob Anthony. Inside Twins is brought to you by Continental Diamond, home of the best diamonds outside of Target Field. How much scoreboard watching are you doing? Uh, it's tough not to. <laughs> Man, that angel comeback last night was a little bit of a shot. Everybody else seemed to help us out except for ourselves. Uh, but them dropping that game late last night didn't help us. The good news for Houston, Alaska is pitching today, so... Uh... Astros have a chance. Uh, but th- this is something that is fun, and this is something that we're enjoying watching. And the team, they're probably into it as well. I mean, they'll probably say, yeah, we're not watching the scores. We're focusing on us, but they have to, right? Yeah, most of the guys are well aware of what's going on around the league, where we're at in the standings and in uh, the wild card race. Are you curious how a lot of these guys haven't been in this position before, a little bit in 2015, but it's a whole different scenario now. There's a lot of young players. This is their first go-around in a playoff race. And it'll be interesting to see how they respond to that because the farther we go down the stretch and the longer we stay in this thing, the, the more the intensity and the pressure increases, and it'll be fun to see how they handle that. Tyler Duffy was chatting the other day about the young guys, and he reminded me, and it's worth bringing up again, as you witnessed in the past, these are players that won together, though, in the minor leagues. These guys won Florida State League championships and Southern League championships, so they're up here now contending, but they, they've been here before at a different level. Yeah, and I've always been a believer that when you win in the minor leagues, you have to build winning players as well as just uh, their tools, and I think you'll see, and you do see some of that, where they have been there before, maybe not on the major league stage, but in the minor leagues, and at that point, that's the every day for them is, is just like the games are in the big leagues. The run that Jorge Polanco is on, is this reminiscent of last year or is this something different? Well, I think the power is a little bit different, but uh, he's a guy that I've always believed is going to have power. I think there will be a season where he hits 20 home runs. Um, he's strong. He has power. And I think the anomaly is more of what we saw for a few months when he really struggled because he's never done that in his career before. And now... This is a little bit little bit more of the offensive player that we're used to. Always appreciate the time. Enjoy the game today, Rob. Thanks, Corey. Uh, we thank Rob Anthony for being our guest here on this Sunday afternoon. We have much more to come here on the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Chris is standing by with the pregame show. That's about three and a half minutes away. And then we'll have Game 3, Twins and the Blue Jays, one more time wrapping up this weekend series. Kyle Gibson today for the Twins. And Joe Biagini, a right-hander, coming up from AAA starting for Toronto. We thank you for tuning in. Much more to come on a lovely day here in Toronto. The roof is open. We have sunshine and blue skies. Stay tuned. More coming up on your home for Twins Baseball.